40 weeks for men. 40 weeks for men. 40 weeks for men. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of 40 Weeks for Men. A resource for men, by men, in order to help us dads be the best we can be in this crazy, crazy world. So, I've got another interesting topic today. (laughs) Mental health. Yours and hers when it comes to pregnancy. So, today I've got a really interesting dad to help you think about this topic and to talk with me about this topic. So, uh, without further ado, I'll just let you introduce yourself, Dad. So, I am uh, a 34-year-old uh, trainee psychiatrist um, with two children, both under the age of four. So, my eldest is going to turn four in a month's time, and I've got a two-and-a-half-year-old. Um, I'm currently working in northwest London and enjoying life. Nice one, nice one. So your hands are full, my friend. <laughs> to, say the, to say the least. <laughs> to say the least, your hands are full. Also, the first question I want to sort of get us into is um, when it comes to your own personal experience, what do you know about mental health in pregnancy, your mental health and her mental health? Oh, uh, so I guess the first thing to, to think about is just in terms of when it comes to pregnancy typically the mother's mental health tends to become the primary concern concern yeah Um, yeah so not even just her mental health but just her general health and well-being yeah Um, and so I mean I've done a it's it's funny when we had our second child I was currently doing a perinatal rotation yeah, so I was having a, yeah, so I was having a lot perinatal. Of, uh, so for the people, that's just like yes. around pregnancy, in it. Yeah. Yes. So uh, perinatal mental health as a specialty, it kind of deals with problems which occur during pregnancy, right? And okay. up to the first year after the yeah. birth of a child. Um, so I did a lot of work, uh, kind of on antenatal wards and antenatal clinics, dealing with antenatal okay. mental health. Yeah. Uh, addressing the mental health of a first-time mother joint working with obstetrics and gynecologists in supporting mothers during pregnancy yeah birth action plans and you know all of those things but what kind of started to come to light very quickly is that it's all mum 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 and dad is kind of just rearing uh, at the rear kind of you know just in the shadows holding a handbag or you know he's kind of just there in the corner somewhere um and, and I think that's something which, it, you know, it's, it's good that you're kind of bringing this topic up in terms of dads because paternal mental health is a big blind spot when it comes to yeah. perinatal mental health. Um, but as I'm sure you are aware as a, as a fellow dad, and I, I can speak from my own experiences, we deal with a lot of stressors and our mental health is very yeah. important, um, yeah. especially, especially if, you know, God forbid your partner starts to, have a decline in her own mental health. I mean, if your yeah. mental health isn't optimal and her mental health is optimal, it's not great for each of you as individuals. It's not great for the couple. Yeah. And it's not great for the development the of, the, yeah. of the child and the, the family. Baby. Exactly, yes. exactly. So, and uh, one thing that I was aware of in working in perinatal uh, psychiatry in the, in the rotation was just how um, declining and deteriorating mental health can affect a child's early development, it can affect mm-hmm. attachment, 
Um, and so it's, it's kind of very wide ranging in the immediacy of things. Yes, you know, number one is important in terms of whether you're dealing with mum or dad. Yeah. Um, but either kind of widening the lens and looking at a lot of the people that I've come across in psychiatry, a lot of their issues, you can find the roots from their childhood. Mm. Um, and so that's why even when we're taking histories, we ask about birth trauma and, you know, were they a, a late term baby or did they spend time in, you know, a neonatal intensive care and things like that? Because from those kind of things, oh. you can start to pick up, wow, maybe something happened that was traumatic and it started to affect the mum and that might have affected the bond and the attachment from an early age. And right. we've seen, mm. yeah, we've seen in research how those kind of things can start to affect uh, developmental milestones. So children who, you know, have poor attachments with their parents for whatever reason or have been brought up. Exactly. So they right. can be like late speakers, late walkers um, and, and things like that. So it, it in, in essence, it, it seems like a smaller topic, but it can go as big and, and as wide as you deep, want it to be. And big. This yes. is very interesting, Dad, and I'm sure we can get even deeper. Let's think about the second question. Yeah. If you, obviously, I know you've got a background in mental which is awesome, mm-hmm. which gives you a lot of authenticity to what you're saying. Mm-hmm. But let's say that you wanted a book or a fountain of knowledge or a library um, to know about your mental health and her mental health when it comes to pregnancy, yeah. what would you want in your own experience? Yeah, I guess what I'd want is a book that kind of demarcates the different experience of mum and dad from the get-go. So, yeah. I mean, even in terms of finding out about a pregnancy, uh, that, that's something that when, when people speak about pregnancy they uh, unless you kind of go through the lived experiences typically you just think you know mom shows the pregnancy test you see the one two lines or whatever yeah. happy days congratulations wonderful and then everything's like a dream after that but for a lot of people you know a lot of people find out that they're pregnant unintentionally it's so true. you know and that has its own own stresses um, we live we, we live in a society where the kind of typical traditional mom dads in a long lasting relationship marriage having a child that may not be the typical story for a variety of a people for a variety people, of reasons yes, yes exactly so um what i would love is if there was some sort of book that kind of went through the whole pregnancy and postnatal journey from the mom's perspective and the dad's perspective kind of picking up on the nuances and the differences in both of those experiences and the unique stresses and how to deal with those. Um, And also kind of signposting in each chapter, let's say, um, you know, supportive networks, which people can can kind of, you know, tap into your like links and websites, you know, just to allow people to have a range of resources to address resources to address problems. Exactly. 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 So even in terms of, let's say on the dad's side, um, thinking about leave. So when the child yeah. comes, how much leave can you get? Um, you know, what does the, the government say in terms of shared paternal leave and pay associated with that and things like that? And if there was like links attached where you could kind of look into those things and, you know, if you wanted to challenge what your employer was saying, you yeah. know, visit this link, whatever. So those kind of things would address a lot of the questions people have as they're going through the journey. The journey um, 
yeah so so that's something that i would love to exist um wow. and then i i guess as well you know um from a from a dad's perspective you know things that maybe you wouldn't necessarily hear about so getting to know the baby as a dad whilst the baby is in the room so for mum it's quite easy you know mum feels the kicks she sits there she feels baby yeah, as growing tactile. yeah yeah exactly exactly so you know, that tangibility makes it easier to yeah, form yeah. an attachment and a bond. Whereas with dad, it can be very difficult to do that on an intuitive level. Yes. Um, so, so, you know, if there was recommendations in terms of, you know, playing music to the baby or, you know, speaking to mom about wanting to form that bond. So every time she felt a kick, she'll kind of call you over. So you put your hand on the baby. Those things like that. Because yeah. those those little things, I mean, you know, like the saying goes, little drops of water make a mighty ocean. So if you have a dad who is maybe kind of sitting in the corner, like I said earlier, all these antenatal appointments, I mean, he's trying his best, he's at the scans and everything, he's not feeling, you know, as engaged. And baby is growing, he can see that the, the bump is growing, but he's not forming the attachment and he's struggling. Mm. He's already at a deficit by the time the baby comes into the world. Yeah, um, yeah, and then you're running into a different kind of playground where it's kind of like baby's attached to mom, baby wants mom, baby wants mom for food, etc., etc. And you're trying yeah. to hold baby, and it's kind of like baby doesn't want you. And then it sounds yeah. irrational, but feelings of resentment can start to breed, and that can affect the attachment. So it's it, yeah, it, it, no, it sounds irrational, but let me give you yeah. some voice to you, Dad, because to be honest, I think it's not just what you're saying, but I feel I feel mm. like a lot of men actually will and do face this same thing where they feel like what am I doing here am I yeah. at all like am I even needed and yeah. what you're saying to us like in your own experience and obviously from your medical background as well is actually what you do early on to form this attachment is really important most definitely most definitely um I mean it's a journey yeah. um and, and and that's why perinatal mental health services exist because there's this understanding that you know from day dots what you're doing and how you're coping with the situation can determine how the remainder of the journey goes it sounds quite frightening but it's it's, it's true yeah, um you're so, important here yeah yeah so i mean it's i mean that's how if if in an ideal world i'm sure there's kind of bits here and there but it's almost like if there was a Bible for the whole pregnancy experience from mum's perspective, yeah. dad's perspective, um, and also just the relationship as well, which is something else that a lot of people don't talk about. I mean, like I mentioned at the yeah. start, maternal mental health is kind of out there. Paternal mental health is kind of an afterthought. There's still a lot of work to be done there. Mm. But even just the dynamics of a relationship and how that shifts and how that changes and, you know, kind of... Um, uh, sexual habits can change and levels yeah, of intimacy can change and, and, yeah. and when baby comes and mom is kind of breastfeeding and you know she's here she's there and everywhere then she's just kind of flat out tired she doesn't want to see you touch you know you and it's kind of yeah, like for real. For this is what men go through you know <laughs> exactly exactly yeah. if if you don't have that wherewithal then that could breed big problems Mm. And so, so that's what I'm trying to, to get to is that if it was kind of laid out on a table that, you know, this is what it is. It's not all hunky-dory and all, all roses, but this is the nitty gritty of what can potentially happen. Then 
you know, if you're prepared for all of these eventualities, then you're going to be able to better cope with these difficulties as they rear their heads. They come up as they arise. Exactly. Exactly. Interesting stuff. Interesting (sighs) stuff. What are some of the worries that men face when it comes to mental health and uh, your mental health and their mental health and her? Sure. Mm. Um, So I guess a lot of it stems from how society looks at dads and how society looks at men. Yeah. Um, so I think when you're talking about paternal mental health, so the, the mental health of the dad, yeah, I kind of think about about it in the grander scheme of male mental health and the gender specific issues surrounding male mental health. So yeah, um, society and medicine could be seen as almost still being in the dark ages when it comes to the transition to fatherhood and supporting new fathers. In the dark ages, that is the sound right there. <laughs> Um, so so from kind of service perspective Mm. there's a worry there like I said at the start it's almost like a blind spot mum is the priority and I I think I I mean yeah I mean not to not not to be too harsh I do think there's there's starting to be a little more acknowledgement about the role of dad and dad's mental health but there's still a lot of work to do and in my experience I've kind of seen that you know dads can feel cut off and not really acknowledge which isn't mm. quite right um, and then from the male perspective you're thinking about you know like I said in the grander scheme of things um, not being able to demonstrate your emotions in a, what you might, may perceive to be a socially acceptable way um, and kind of you know the anecdotes that you you hear from childhood in terms of manning up uh, yes, things stay off. strong, man up You know, all, the, all those yep. things I mean, we could speak to the cows come up About all the different terms and phrases yep. But what they actually do is They repress what needs to be dealt with In a moment, so you have a lot mm. of men Who are walking around and they're like Corks with, you know, corks that have been Pressed down into a bottle, just kind of bubbling up Bubbling up, and yeah. that's why you have a lot Of men presenting to mental health in, in Crisis um, yes. And then you have, you know, new fathers trying to fake it until they make it, brushing off attempts to like check in with them. Um, And then one key thing is that by not having those kind of socially acceptable outlets, they mask their symptoms in, you know, maladaptive ways. So you may see new fathers or fathers, you know, with a pregnant partner getting a little bit more irritable, a little bit more angry. Um, And men just in general tend to use riskier negative coping mechanisms such as you know drink drugs gambling and things yeah. like that so those are all things to to oh, kind of keep dad you're uh, giving us a lot of food for thought <laughs> there's a lot of thinking that needs um, to be done yeah and also i mean just one, one other thing as well is, Go on. Uh, uh, this is another thing that people don't really think about is post-traumatic stress so yeah. let's say that you know unfortunately for whatever reason there's a birth crisis and i've seen this you know, personally and also kind of in the medical field, men are often ignored as the priority because obviously the priority is to provide help to mum and child because that's what the crisis is. So typically dad takes a back seat in the moment um, and dad's just sitting there. uh, And unless you are a a medic by training, you don't have any understanding of what's going on other than mum and baby may be at grave risk. So that is something that is completely like, like really traumatic. 
Um, so yeah. those anxieties may be repressed for a long time because obviously you're thinking, okay, I might lose my partner, I might lose my baby, what the hell is going on, yada, yada, yada. The fears that people have, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that might kind of come out down the road. So, I, I mean, in, in, in summary, I guess what I'm trying to say is that uh, when it comes to the mental health of dads, I'm thinking about it more in the context of the, the, the challenges that we see with male mental health in general and how those can be transitioned into, you know, looking at dad's mental health um, and how there's a lot more work we need to do kind of in terms of mental health services to be aware of that and to address those when they need to be addressed rather than waiting for men to be in crisis. Rather than waiting for a crisis. So just bringing it all together, because like obviously we're talking about a lot of stuff here, but bringing it all together, how do we as men find encouragement, do you think? when it comes to thinking about mental health around pregnancy? Yeah, I think even, like you just mentioned, things like this are really important. Yeah. Um, because when you have a greater awareness of a, an issue, it fosters a greater willingness to talk. Um, and it's funny because, I mean, as I remember when we had our first child, um, I was dealing with a lot of things. I mean, even with my medical knowledge, but just kind of the, the nitty gritty of, what it means to be a dad for the first time and the dynamics between me and my partner and me and child and this, that, and the other. And yeah. it's funny because as I started talking to more young dads, you kind of come to the realisation that we're all going through kind of similar challenges and the amount of times that I've had a chat with a young father and you get that light bulb moment, like you too, I thought it was just me. Too. So, <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's kind of, it's really important to talk but a lot of the times, if the awareness is not there, that it's okay to talk about things, you know how we men are. We'll just kind of sit in yeah. our corner, just do our thing until, you know, For real. we hear a crisis. Um, I mean, so we've got this forum here. There's um, ventures such as Dope Black Dads. Dope um, Black on, Dads, on, I like that. Yeah, yeah. So Dope Black Dads, it's a, um, I forgot his name, but he started up this social media movement. He's got, pages on instagram youtube he's got a podcast as well it's thinking about kind of black minority and marginalized communities and the barriers of engagement in terms of engaging mental health services and breaking down those barriers organically to help educate black men raise awareness amongst black men about the parenting experience and share those experiences as well Um, and the rationale for that was he he had a really tough time being a first-time dad that he remembers I think he went to like a barbershop yeah. um and you know barbershops I mean those are kind of you know de facto <laughs> de facto yeah. uh therapy 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 that's houses. your therapy <laughs> session right there <laughs> for, for free for free and um uh, he, he 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 hit a crisis and he he didn't really want to be taking medication or anything like that but it was just a case of when he was talking to some of the black men in his community and like I said you know having those light bulb moments that his experiences weren't necessarily unique but certain things kept coming up so he created this forum for black men to just feel at ease with with talking and the more visible you know certain issues are so when he's making posts about footballers and you know celebrities here and then you're seeing okay, if this guy can go through this, then, you know, what's then, my own? No, you know? this is actually... And you know what? I really believe in that. We need to normalise these things more. I, I mean, the, the, the podcast space in general is great because it's almost like 
you're able to sit in a therapy session at times or a seminar and you don't really have to do the work but you're still getting the knowledge and you're still able to tap into other people's experiences and I think for men who have a difficulty putting themselves out there be like look this is me this is what I'm going through sometimes even if you have something like a podcast where you can listen to other dads talking about things that they've struggled yeah. with or they've had difficulty with then at least you're still tapping into that information a data bank of you know what can go wrong and how to address things that go wrong and once you've tapped into that bank you've you've again you've gained knowledge and that knowledge is there to be shared amongst your your community so um yeah there's, there's another I've got, guy i've got i've got to put you on the spot here a bit okay, I know okay. That you've got a lot for us to learn from so yeah. you've got two kids under yes. four and obviously yes. you are a working professional and you've got a lot you're doing you've got two kids under four how did you safeguard and optimize your own mental health yeah um i okay so honestly uh, with the first with the first i really struggled at one point and the reason why i struggled was because my partner was going through it um so she had postnatal depression yeah she lost the hell away wasn't yeah. eating um and i will never forget um I had a weekend shift at a certain hospital um, and the trains weren't working. So mm-hmm. I had to like wake up really early. These shifts were like 12 hours, wake up really early, about six o'clock, just to get in for nine o'clock handover, do a 12 yeah. hour shift. Yeah. Uh, then, you know, you start that treacherous journey back home. So for three days straight, I was getting home at about just past midnight. Yeah. Um, and then as soon as I come through the door, because she's obviously knackered, you know, at her wit's end, you yeah. kind of be like, here you go. Gives me baby. She's off to sleep. To um, sleep. And, yeah. and then, you know, me being like Papa Bear, you know, like Mrs. is going through it, you know, let me do my bit. I'd stay up with baby to like 3am, 4am. Baby would finally get to sleep. I'd get my couple of hours, get up again. And so I was in that cycle for about three yeah. days. And long yeah. story short, I had a breakdown. I yeah. couldn't cope. So we were in a situation where mum's going through it, dad's going through it, and baby's caught in the middle. And I had to, I mean, I, I'm very fortunate that I had a very supportive uh, consultant and a senior registrar at the time who were, were there for me. What happened was I had a, a family meeting. Yeah. And um, I remember coming into work and I just felt numb. There was a there was a parent that I'd been doing a lot of kind of um, work with, supporting her with. I was in that LD learning disability placement at the time. Yeah, and she was dealing with a, a very kind of a chaotic child, and we'd formed this strong bond. And I, uh, the the secretary told me that this mum had called, looking for me for some advice, and I didn't care. Uh, and and wow. subliminally, yeah. at the back of my mind, I was like, yo, red, yeah. red flag, because that's yeah. just not me. And I went to this family meeting and, you know, I did what I needed to do. Like I ran the meeting, everybody was happening. But it's funny as doctors, we cultivate this ability to work on, auto, uh, on auto, autopilot. Yeah, um, autopilot, so, the coping no, yeah, strategy of life. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's and it, and it kind of it makes you aware of even. I mean, this, this is even another potential discussion about how medica- medical education is is structured because we're almost turned into robots. So, 
yeah. there's certain things that you could do and it's not even like you're activating any sort of intellect it's just yeah. i don't think that's um, just my... unique to just medical you know i think mm. that's unique as well to dads i mm. think we can sometimes just in order to cope we're going to autopilot we just do our yeah, thing yeah like, whatever yeah. works works you do it and actually that might work in the short term but in the long term but this is this is it. This is it. But I mean, I mean, the, the reason why I said that is because I was able to do my work. So yeah. without any sort of need to tap into any reserve, like all the, yeah. the, the the knowledge was there, all the kind of things you need to say to take a history and all of that. That was all there. That was all preserved. But behind that curtain, I was a complete mess. And wow. if I hadn't kind of acknowledge that so basically long story short after the family meeting i went straight into the the office and i pulled my registrar i was like i i can't cope i think something's wrong and yeah. to her credit she just took me to a, a room and we had the discussion for about an hour and she got a consultant involved and basically i was written off work for a few weeks they took me off the on-call rota and mm-hmm. all sorts of things just to make sure that i had enough time to just rally back and look after myself but I'm working in an arena in an environment where I am acutely aware of early warning signs when it comes to mental health so I had that perception that yo like if you don't catch this now it's peak but a lot of people a lot of people don't have that and and, and that's the problem and that's why when you asked about you know uh, what worries me about this topic that's what I was kind of alluded to in terms of if you don't have the knowledge of how issues can present, then what potentially could happen is, like you said, you're on autopilot on a superficial yeah. level. You appear to be functioning. Okay. And then you're going to crash. Down. You're going to crash. Yeah. So if you don't have that, okay. that awareness that, you know, you're getting a little bit irritable or you're starting to withdraw, you're not really doing the things that you like to do anymore. You're not getting things done the way you usually get them done. You're not really enjoying things as much you're not able to concentrate you're thinking you're a failure it's my fault you know you're having these thoughts of hopelessness worthlessness um you feel tired all the time you know random headaches and what if 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 you don't have an understanding that these may be alluding to anxiety or depression or whatever you're just going to kind of brush them over brush them to the side keep going until you cannot keep going so that's why these things are so important because Someone might hear my experience and be like, yo, you know what? I've actually been going to work and, you know, I've, I've been feeling the same. Like, I'm not really feeling, you know, work. I'm not really feeling like going into yeah. work. And, and sitting down and actually thinking about why that is, it might be because I'm not really having such a great time being at that. And that's one of the, it's almost like, it's almost blasphemous to say that. And a lot of mums as well have that difficulty and that's why sometimes they don't present as quickly as they should yeah, because like, like I, I said at the beginning don't want to be around my child my, yeah, I was, yeah like I said at the beginning you know the world paints pregnancy and childbirth and you know the first few days weeks and months of being a mum and a dad does beautiful wonderful rainbows and roses but sometimes it's not great it's not enjoyable no one no one oh, enjoys man, not so sleeping true. or you know and it, it's okay okay to accept that but once you accept why it's okay then the next step is you know why are you going why are you having such a tough time of things why are you having such an unpleasant experience of things 
Yeah. Um, and that's a starting point to start to do work to remedy the matter. So to a man might be sitting matter. there and be like, you know what? My wife doesn't really care about sex anymore. She doesn't really care about yeah. me anymore. All she does yeah. is breastfeed this baby and sleep. This relationship is going to pot. I'm thinking about leaving. I myself, I'm tired. I've got a headache all the time. Yada, yada, yada. It's kind of yeah. like, wait, stop. Why is it that she doesn't really want to be that intimate anymore? It may be that, you know, she's her body's changed after the birth and True. the pregnancy and True. you know her self-esteem has kind of gone down to the to rock bottom and she just needs you to just pick that up a little bit and work your magic. It may be the other case that you know, as a relationship, relationships are like gardens. If you don't water them, they're gonna die out. And in, in uh, 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 when a baby it comes to mix, right. you could be you could be so fixated on looking after baby that you put yourselves you know as less of a priority so you're not really spending as much time with each other you're not really having those conversations about the things you like conversing yeah, about or going so here and there and so your relationship just starts to break down and frazzle at the edges and wither so so that's what i'm saying that it's just that acute awareness of okay things aren't great I'm acknowledging that things aren't great. Why are things aren't great? What am I really struggling with? And opening those channels of thought and, and also communication. Um, that's another important thing because sometimes as men, we can be so siloed and feel like, you know what, she's going through it. I'm not really yep. going to put that on we're her. The kings, we're the kings of the silent. Yeah. <laughs> we're the kings, mate. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but sometimes you just need to kind of sit her down and be like, this is what is going on and then she too can have that opportunity to be like yo this is what is going on as well and then you can create a plan together, together in terms of going forward yes this is a powerful course. thing you're saying you know dad thank you so much for being so open yeah. right so as we close now and bring everything together is there anything else that you'd like to say um i guess the key thing is Compassion and kindness is key to fostering an optimal parenting experience, not only for yourself as a parent, but also the other parent as well. And also the child who's obviously the middle of everything. So just as a dad, be compassionate and kind to yourself. As a mom, be compassionate and kind to yourself. Just accept it, acknowledge that pregnancy is a massive life stressor it's a biological stressor it's a psychological stressor it's a social stressor in terms of finances and what it could do to working patterns and so just be compassionate and kind kind. Um, and also just keep those um channels of communication open be you know honest with yourself with the other and keep communicating because when you're communicating you're throwing light where there's darkness so and when there's darkness, that's where that's where crises are are fostered in that in that vacuum. Yes, so once your crises you're, grow, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So so throw light, keep keep throwing light on yourselves as individuals, and also on the relationship, um, and be compassionate and kind, and fingers crossed, wow. everything will be alright in the end. Awesome. Well, Dad, thank you so much. I think you're we've had a welcome. really stimulating conversation here. And we've got so much food for thoughts. We are literally inundated with things to think about here. So really wonderful stuff. I'm so glad that you could spend your time with me for a little while to about this topic about mental health in pregnancy. Wow. Let's keep it moving. Whew.